Hey guys, welcome along to episode number 60 of Certain Whitewash. I'm Neil Piper, and back with me after what seems like a massive amount of time is my co-host, Alex Purcell. Alex, how are you? I'm very good. You right, Neil? How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. It's been, as we were just saying before we started recording, it's been a really long time since we've actually uh, spoken properly. Yeah. I think, I think Skype was telling me that the last time we actually had a proper catch-up was some point in June or July. And time of recording now is uh, the 22nd of October. So it's been quite a while. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Time's really, really flying by. Yeah. I think you've been really busy, haven't you, with new job and things? Yeah, I started a new job back in, well, I can't remember the hell it was. Seems like forever ago. Um, August? Yeah, the last right. couple of days of July, beginning of August. Um, and that's been uh, that's been a lot of work, but ultimately really good and I really enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had much time for just yeah haven't had any time really just to sit down and schedule just a conversation which yeah is kind of a bad place to be in <laughs> yeah. so what's your excuse i don't know i was just trying to think then as you're speaking it's just frantic all the time just yeah. constantly so much going on even though i don't know there seems to be limited choices of what you can actually go out and do yeah, certainly sure. not going out and having fun but the it's just relentless kind of being busy with well, me and Kim are working continually, yeah. so um, between that and juggling childcare and stuff, it's just yeah, it's pretty flat out. Yeah, so you you kind of surprised me because um, for, if listeners don't know, you're a boiler repair technician or something similar. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I always imagine that like COVID or not, come rain or shine, people need their boilers serviced or repaired, and you're going to be out in all weathers just servicing boilers. And that was the impression that I had of you for a long time. And then every now and again, you surprise me when I get a little text message like on like, I don't know, like a Friday at 11 o'clock or something. And you're out with your intrepid or something. (laughs) I just just take pictures. I'm like, I thought this guy guy should be like repairing boilers right now. How is he managing to do that? Yeah, well, (laughs) you, you take your intrepid with you, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've um yeah it's usually in the van so i've i've usually got three or four cameras with me so i can that's my main opportunity to shoot is when sure. i work out I, I i i do quite envy you that i mean i always i say always 99 percent of the time i have a camera with me um normally it's um at the moment it's my olympus trip 35 and i was like cool. that's a good that's a good carry around camera it's it doesn't need any batteries it's just always in my bag rough ready to go yeah, and then you come along with a full blown four by five field camera that you just happen to carry around in your van all the time. Plus, plus <laughs> yeah. what, two, at least two others, maybe. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it's good having a van because it's, it's just yeah, it's just everything there. I I don't know. I've seen like yeah. I've seen uh, like electricians' van and like carpenters' vans and stuff. You'd open them up and they're normally full of tools and little trays full of screws and bolts and whatever the hell crap you need. Where have you got room for this bloody great four by five? Or is it taste just the foot, like shotgun footwell in the front? It's the footwell, yeah. Because right. I've got the the two car seats for the two kids, so there's just empty space where adult legs would go. But oh, the, it's only it's only ever the kids that go in the front because I have to oh, just so pick your, them up from so the your truck. van isn't just technically like a, a work van; it is 
like it's a family vehicle as as well is yeah, it well yeah i mean it's the it's, it is my work van and but i pay um a bit extra tax to have private use of it oh i see yeah so which allows me then to just it's i used to have another car but um it's, it's um it's great because it just means i can use the the works van for for ferrying the kids around and not get into trouble and they pay the fuel which is pretty awesome wow that's a good deal <laughs> yeah yeah that's a very good Quite a nice perk yeah so um yeah so i do kind of treat it like my extension extension of the house really it's just like all my junk <laughs> thrown in the front you know when like building Which, a dark uh, back there soon enough or a big oh, pinhole camera a good idea. You, you could be doing this big pinhole camera thing yes definitely I'm just about to get a new van, actually, once we oh, work out how it's delivered to me. Um, with all the COVID stuff, the delivery drivers aren't working. So I think my boss is going to pick up the new one in a, sometime in the next few weeks and drop it off. So maybe before I get that, I should drill a hole in this van <laughs> <laughs> and take some ultra-large pinhole shots with it. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, it's not going to be a big hole. Like Presumably, you could just touch it up on the outside with just a little blob of paint. It'd be fine. Yeah, a bit of chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or a bit of chewing gum. Fine. <laughs> I mean, it's traditional like, to use like newspaper to fill like damaging cars. You remember that, yeah? Not chewing. Oh gum. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's gone wrong. Well, at least, yeah. at least it was here in like seventies England. I don't know if it still is. In fact, I know it probably still is. <laughs> I've seen. Yeah, I have seen. Actually, my house seems to. It seems to be about at least ten percent of the building is here. Off my house was old newspaper, oh, as I've lovely. kind of gutted every room. It's just crazy. My lord, no, our house isn't nearly old enough for that, and we don't own it either. So if something goes wrong with it, they come out and fix it. And I really hope they don't do it with newspaper. I'll be keeping <laughs> a close eye on them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so it's been a while. So we must have loads and loads of really cool, interesting stuff to talk about, yeah. Yeah, we, we're both up to loads of stuff. We must have. Must have. Can't think of a thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> excuse me. I know that I have actually like struggled since. Um, so since I think it, I guess it's it's nothing to do with COVID. I think it's since starting this new job, like struggled to find the time to actually like make photographs. I mean, it's all. I mean, you're in a different boat because obviously you you are as part of your job. You are travelling from point A to point B, so there's potentially yeah. like, photographic opportunities along the way. But I carry a, at least a camera with me all the time, and I struggle. I really struggle to find anything like during the week to actually take photographs of. I make I make the same trip. Like, I drive the same road five days a week, twice a day, and yeah. when I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm, I'm. I never see anything interesting when I'm coming home. Frankly, I'm coming home. I want to get the hell home. So, yeah. I mean, before I started this 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 new role, I was I worked in a supermarket, and I was working like odd shifts. So like I'd work like Monday night and like Tuesday morning, and then I think it was like Friday evening and then Saturday morning. So it left me it afforded me plenty of time during the week to like the kids are at school or I just had like the little learn and stuff could go out for a walk somewhere and take some pictures but now that's kind of gone I'm struggling to find like a balance like a few times in the past sort of couple of months like I've had like 
I don't want to say the green light, but yeah, the green light from from the boss to say, yeah. oh, why don't you go out for the day? I'll take the kids to so and so, and you go out and take some pictures, which has been great. And it's been like, I don't know, like, oh god, what do I do? Where do I go? Where do I go? What do I take? Like, what film do I take? And it, it just becomes madness. I end up just going like somewhere and just rolling off some film just to just to shoot some film. And I don't yeah. really know how to how to sort of get over that, as it were. Like, I've been trying to, and I'm obviously I'm not expecting an answer from you because I know I'm aware I've just thrown this at you. We didn't even talk about this before, but um, I just I just, I just kind of need to talk about it. Like, I've, I'm struggling, like in my, and I think we've talked about this before, in like my sort of local area, finding something new or different that I haven't photographed before, and. Yeah. I don't know how to do that when I'm now down to just two days. I mean, let's be honest, it's like it's dark by the time I get home from work. So I'm not going to be going out and taking some pictures. And in the morning, like I start, I mean, I don't start working until like half eight, nine o'clock in the morning. So there's a, you could argue that there's time before that to, to go and take some photos, but that's the time when the kids need ferrying off to school and nursery and yeah, stuff so i'm just i'm just finding it basically quite hard at the moment to actually one make some work and then not necessarily develop it i still enjoy like i still enjoy it but i'm still i don't struggle to find the time to develop the film once i've done it but i do struggle to find the time to bother to scan it do you ever find that or do you just do you not have the problem you just get on and do it yeah, um, I've noticed that I've started to to leave film hanging up a little bit longer because usually, I, I, you know, I've always just sort of scanned it immediately. Yeah, we um, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Like you 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 tend and then you sort of hang it somewhere warm so that it's dry to scan really quickly. Yeah, within an hour I'm scanning it. Yeah, yeah usually. No. Yeah. So I mean, for instance, there's there's four rolls of maybe five rolls of 120 hanging in my downstairs bathroom at home that have been there since Sunday night. It's right. Thursday. And I was just like, it's not that I can't be bothered. It's just like, it's, I'm not convinced there's anything worth scanning on there, which is a really now, down place to be about it. Yeah. And I've had a bit of time off recently. Um, so with, uh, I ended up having uh, a couple of weeks off recently and of course we can't really go anywhere because my area is in lockdown yeah well, uh, back in then yeah <clears throat> and particularly well, it was the, the counties adjoining mine and then which meant you couldn't really go anywhere anyway but then we were as well um so yeah my, I've, been, I've been limited basically to walking the dog down the canal um sure. and even that it, it is a nice walk but yeah, you know, and you carry a cam. I carry a camera every time. I am starting to think, oh, right, okay. I just can't. The 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 few sort of points of interest along the walk. Um, yeah, I'm struggling with that. As varied as it is, it's still if you if you see it, you know, you get quite quickly get to a point where you just think, right, I'm and can't really sort of find another way to shoot this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Times. I don't. Know. I've I've kind of exhausted. Like, I don't know. There's. I mean, you must have seen it. There's a there's a shed that I always that I always yeah. off. Like whenever I've got like a new camera or a different film stock or something like that, 
that's the first place I'll go. I mean, one, because it used to be, I've moved now, but it used to be like literally two minutes from my house. Um, and it's, <clears throat> sorry, it's now like a five minute drive. So it's obviously not far, but it's the 30 second walk from my in-laws house where I am now. And it's just, to me, it was just like the aesthetic of that place, the history of that place. I have to photograph that. And I've got probably, I don't know, I don't think I'd be exaggerating if I said I've got 500 photos of that place. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, it, they're all like the same they're all from the same angle because it's only got really one angle that you can get a decent shot of it from yeah the way it's situated and where like the ditch runs behind you and stuff and i i photographed it with lensed cameras with pinhole cameras with four by five cameras with 35 120 like color black and white infrared you know it i've done it and it's the same with like like so many like things that i like to photograph around here i've kind of exhausted all of my arsenal of yeah. photographic things to throw at them if that makes sense you know yeah I'm i stopped. think yeah well, i mean you, you you should you could um i tend to do i'm quite repetitive really i use the same lenses the same kind of angles of view and i, I don't tend to stray very far outside uh, the usual kind of stuff that i use so I suppose it could, for me, I, I could um, start trying to shoot things from, you know, different angles and use wider angle lenses or um, di- different times of day, I guess, or maybe experiment with, with flash. Flash yeah. is a bit tricky. Um, yeah. If you're doing kind of outdoor stuff. I mean, yeah, um, but it kind of is for what I know that I like to photograph anyway. Yeah. I don't think a flash would lend much to... Outdoor pinholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like lighting I suppose. a night sky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I say, I don't obviously expect an answer. I think I just need to sort of talk about it to yeah, just get something flowing. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking like I should, and I spoke about this briefly with my wife, like um, every, I don't know, even if it's every like couple of months, just kind of schedule like a day where, and I mean, I know this might all change depending on how sort of the country's lockdown rules change, but sort of schedule like every couple of months going somewhere a bit further afield, like actually like look at a map and see what is, I don't know, pick a place on the map that's maybe an hour away that I haven't been to before and see if there's anything that looks like it might be interesting to photograph, which yeah. I, which I tried on, on Saturday, just gone. Yes, yeah, Saturday, I think it was. Um, there was a place up, probably about an hour, hour and a half from me, just up towards like North Norfolk Way, and it's a place called um, uh, um, Borough Castle, which is quite up near sort of Great Yarmouth Way. And I was like, I've heard of that. That sounds quite interesting. And I sort of looked it up on on Google. And it's like, oh, it's ancient, not ancient, like Roman ruins, like ro- the ruins of like a Roman fort. And I was like wicked that i that's kind of falls into the sort of area that i like of sort of history like local ish history um that's not too far away from like where i live and it's kind of for a landscape in there as well and you can do pinhole there you do lens there that'd be good so i sort of went i went out there and as it turned out there wasn't although i shot like three or five rolls of film Right, wasn't really a massive amount of interesting stuff there. I mean, it was called like Roman ruins of like this fort, but it was although it was big, it was literally just three walls. 
So if you imagine like a, a rectangular fort, it was just like the yeah. three of the external walls that were, I don't know, maybe what, 15 feet high. So quite impressive in themselves that right. they were still there. But nothing much that was very interesting to actually make a photograph of, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe if I try like that sort of approach in, I don't want to say like a sort of scattergun approach on a map, but sort of just look around and see what there is, basically. I think I just need to spread my wings and go a little bit further, you know? Yeah. What what um, what other sort of architecture? What was uh, is around your way? Because obviously, like Roman is yeah. There's not going to be an awful lot. Um, mm. uh, most things are kind of. Um, what was what's around you like is it sort of like 16th century kind of what was the kind of um, industry around there what when it built up because i don't really know much about the area oh, is I, it i don't really know to be honest i don't like nothing really springs to mind like right. i don't really know if there was um, i mean i don't know if i don't know because there was nothing really or there's nothing left of it i mean i i mean as you know like i've um, photographed extensively like the the old railway yeah and so I, I i know pretty much everything about that because i found that interesting um and that's how i tend to sort of learn about places if, is if i sort of hear about it and if or if i hear about like say a structure um and i find that interesting and then i'll sort of photograph anything that's related to that if that makes sense i don't think it does. yeah but like, i don't really maybe that's the thing like maybe i don't know enough about my own area and that's why i'm struggling to find anything interesting to photograph or maybe right. there's there is literally nothing here yeah i think with my area i think if you go back certainly 200 years there's there was almost nothing it mm. was i think it was just a lot of kind of woods and a few tiny sort of hamlets um right. and kind of farming you're um, just um for the for the listeners you're like south wales yeah Is that yeah right? south yeah. south kind of southwest sort of yeah on, on the yeah um not too far from the english border english Welsh border um about uh well, it's about an hour's drive yeah just over an hour oh, to okay. get right. to the seven bridge from here so um yeah it's um yeah there, there was i think like the industrial revolution kind of uh is what made this kind of area what it is mm-hmm. um because of the coal was here so it became um well I, there's quite a lot here there's like silica which was mined for um making fireproof bricks oh okay um, so that they, they were important for furnaces all over the world um there's uh there's like a gunpowder factory not far away um which was probably you know really important for you know i don't know all the kind of infrastructure we see kind of blasting out things i presume don't really know much yeah. about it i don't think it was just guns um but yeah coal then was the the main uh reason for everything that was built here and that brought um the copper ore because i don't think it was mined here but swansea was the biggest producer in the world for copper all the smelting was done here i think they brought 
your your where where they had where the coal was. So it was just where all the smelting was done. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so th- there's quite a lot. You know, there are bits of ruins still quite near the the city centre. Um, some of it's just kind of they're starting to kind of save it. They've cleared a lot of it actually. There yeah. used to be some amazing ruins there that I used to go wandering around, but they've put fences up around it, knocked some of the buildings down, and they think that they've got a few now that they're going to. The local museum have bought some of it, um, so they they are kind of saving bits. Um, I think you've kind of nailed it there. Like I think I just don't know enough about my about my local area. Right. Maybe because there's not much of it left, uh, not much of any sort of past industries left. Um, I know that sort of the Yarmouth and sort of Southwold, which aren't too far away from me, were like at one point, I mean, see, I don't even know when, but they're like fairly sort of major fishing ports. Um, yeah. It was like sort of Dunnage and sort of the places around that area. Um, I was quite interested. I started to read a book once, um, not that long ago, about like sort of the Dunnage area, which is sort of probably as close to it. so the geography for like you, if you don't know, and listeners is like if you imagine like East Anglia, like the bit of the UK that sticks out. You have uh, Lowestoft, which is like the most easterly point of that, and then I'm kind of sort of south around the coast from there. So you have like uh, Southwold, which is where the the railway line that I was interested in run to, and then sort of Wolverswick and Dunwich and Alborough and places like that but that whole sort of stretch there was quite well known at one point for like uh, that's where like smugglers would come in with whatever right. it is they were smuggling and I was reading a book about sort of like the the smuggling trade as it were um, and I was hoping and I never really I never really pursued it because I didn't finish the book I got tied up with something else um, I was hoping to sort of turn that into maybe a sort of a series of photographs so, yeah, right. I think maybe, yeah, I need to just sort of learn more about what what happened. Yeah, because it, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be kind of the gateway to a lot of Europe. I would have imagined. I didn't, oh yeah, sure. I don't know where the Vikings came in. Was that further north, or I'm not sure. Um, I think that was further north. But again, I I don't know. I should know. I mean, I'm yeah. 37 years old, and I've never I've always lived. Well, I've never gone anywhere. I also always lived within about five minutes of my sort of childhood house. So, so how close are you to the coast? Um, from mine, I can get to Southwold in, I don't know, 15 minutes tops, 10 minutes probably. Really not. Yeah, cool. I think it's about eight miles. It's really right. not. This is the thing I keep saying, like, I think I think it's like eight miles. I, was like, I don't know exactly. Right. <laughs> I think that's going to be a, a big fat post-it load. Like, learn more about your local history. <laughs> you're so damn interested in it. We well, reckon yeah. so interested in it. Yeah, well, that could, you know, that could certainly definitely spark something. Yeah. Off. Um, weird smugglers here. That, well, um, some of the coastline around here is really quite difficult to get to. As I say, um, I, I picture your coastline as like rocky. Um, like bare face craggy cliffs and stuff whether that's correct or not i don't know but there's quite a lot of that yeah yeah but sand, sandy beaches as well but right. um yeah a lot of uh kind of well cliffs because it's you know it's very hilly and it's got the sea so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. very sea plus hill of... makes cliffs yeah, yeah. no i've <laughs> never, t- I've never... Given time <laughs> i've only been i've only been to wales uh just the once when ash and i went to 
Murphy Tidville, I think. Oh, maybe. Right. I think we went. I think it was Murphy Tidville. We went there on our honeymoon, um, but we never went near a beach, I don't think. Right. Wow. What brought you to Murphy on the honeymoon? What was? Where did you stay? I think we stayed in Murphy Tidville. Um, I don't know why we went there. It was one of those like when we got married, um, we were really sort of uh, money was quite tight. And we weren't going to have a honeymoon because it was like, we don't need one. We've been together for Christ knows how many years. And yeah. like a family friend was like, no, you have to have a honeymoon. That's just that's just a done thing. Like he's of that generation. And he was like, my wedding gift to you yeah. is this amount of money. Find yourself somewhere to have a honeymoon. And I think Ash just like looks up one of these, uh, what are they called? You know, like the group on kind of websites. We get like cheap hotels for how many nights and i think she found one there and was like yeah that it looks like a nice place it's kind of near um uh, snowden it wasn't that far away from snowden from memory and oh, okay like, we both wanted to sort of go up and have a look and we'd never been there so it was just oh, right fine let's go yeah, there yeah. i, I don't that. think it was mirtha then because mirtha's not far from here so it's quite a way oh, okay. to get to get up to no snowden. no i'm talking crap it was Betsy Coward. Betsy Coward. Stunning. Right. That makes a lot more sense because that's is it, beautiful. Is <laughs> it Betsy Coward? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. That's lovely. Yeah, really nice place. I don't know where the hell I got Murphy Tidville from. Is, oh, that, even in, is well, that even in Wales? That is very much in South Wales. It's right. It's one of those. Um, it once was the, the centre of a lot of the industry, uh-huh. um, but it's kind of three generations of unemployment now and oh, car crime <laughs> no it was betsy coid right oh, can take a lot to remember yeah that's not covered yeah it was beautiful um i wasn't into like analog photography then i think i'd only just got into like photography as a whole i remember taking uh, my canon 600d and taking lots and lots of digital photographs couldn't tell you where a single one of them is now yeah. 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 Got anyway. a few dead hard drives. <laughs> yes. Great photos. They probably are on one of the dead hard drives that's sitting on a shelf with me thinking. I don't know. Do you do this? Like, if you have a hard drive fail, do you like take it out and think, well, one day there'll be like technology that will absolutely be able to restore that? I'm not throwing that away and just sort of file it away somewhere. I should have done probably. I think I've chucked the ones that died on me. I just, I just can't do it. Like, even if there's like naff all on it. I'm just like, one day, one day there'll be like affordable technology. It'll be able to just bring that back to life. And yeah, loads of cool stuff on it. Even though I can't remember what's on it. It'll be like, there'll be loads of cool stuff on there. I'll just file that away. Hard drive's not very big. doesn't take up much room. I think I've even, I've got one sitting in a drawer at home that failed in my parents' computer probably about five years ago. And I was like, yeah, we, it's only got like their holiday snaps on it from like the past sort of 10 years or something. I say, yeah, we'll, we'll don't throw that out. Like, we'll just we'll just store that away, and we'll be able to fix it someday with the miracle of modern technology. It's blatantly <laughs> just it's just fucked. <laughs> it really should go in the bin. <laughs> I like. I just can't. I can't throw shit. Away. I can't throw stuff away. Really shouldn't. Yeah. I, anyway. I'm saying. I'm saying. I've checked mine. I may not have. They're probably in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. They absolutely. I bet you they are. Yeah. Right. So that's that's my rather down couple of months what the hell have you been up to because i know it hasn't been as down and boring as that um no well um i've been shooting yeah a bit 
Uh, what have I been up to? Um, I bought some Polypan F, which I'd tried one roll before, um, which I liked. Um, I, how did that come about? I can't is remember. This, now. this is 35 mil, yeah? You bought a yeah. bulk roll? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 50 foot. Well, they claimed it was 50 foot, but I've just come to the end of it, and I'm not sure that I've had that many rolls out of it. <laughs> This has yeah. happened before. I'm did sure you get that it, did you selling. get it on eBay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought from that same seller and had a uh, had a same issue. I think I bought a roll of double X and was like, there's not 50 foot here. I've only had like 10 rolls out of this. Oh, maybe, that, maybe that's right. Because I, I, I'm not sure. I, maybe 10 or so is, it, it might be right. I don't want to speak ill of them. No, sure. <laughs> because I might, I might be wrong. But well, I tend to, when I bulk roll, I roll short, uh, so I only aim to get about eighteen frames. Oh, oh right. Uh, that's how I always do it. And is it eighteen? Yeah, eighteen frames. And I, I can't remember how many rolls that works out to be, but it's like X amount. And a couple of times that I've bought, and I think like, I'm only, I'm sure that's about five rolls less than I normally get. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. See how this is what I'm suspecting. I, I need to add it up. I roll 36s. Uh, right. Well, it's, four, it's 40 on the counter, which gives you a, a tail and a yeah. leader. Um, but, and I, I'm pretty sure it works out for 100 foot, it's 18 rolls. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I need to look 100. at it and add up how many I've used. Yeah, yeah 100 foot, 18 rolls. That sounds. Oh, yeah, fine. I think it is. I'm pretty sure that's how I worked it out before. I don't know. I might be a little bit off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's I just don't seem to I, many. I know I go for 18, 18 exposures. I think that's what's kind of throwing me off with the maths now. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the? I've never shot Polypanner. Who make? Is it? Who makes it? I don't know. It's was not it? Ilford, which. Because um, I always thought it was a Kodak stock, but it's not, is it? Oh, do you know what? I think I did look it up at some point. I can't remember. It, I know that it was. Um, it's a copy film, so it's it's for copying cinema footage. So it's um, slow, presumably. It's, yeah, slow. You can shoot it. I tend to shoot it at fifty. They say oh. sort of between fifty and two hundred. Or I think it's got just got quite a wide range. If you shoot it, the slower you shoot it, you get a kind of glow from the highlights, which yes, is quite yeah. nice because it's it hasn't got. Um, well, I think it has got a, a, a tiny sort of amount of the anti-halation layer, mm-hmm. um, but very, very little, apparently. So, it, um, yeah, any sort of highlights actually spread through the the film itself, the backing, um, and then could cause this kind of, these, well, it's that halation. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it's very thin as well. So... Um, but the, the one of the one problem with it is yeah you have to be careful loading it. You have to do it in the well not total darkness but bright sunshine would cause a problem because it suffers from what what a phrase I heard the other day light piping yeah where the yeah it it acts like a, a fiber optic and the sun on the end of the film will actually coil around and make the whole thing glow inside the canister and fog it completely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've I've heard I haven't heard it about that to be honest. I remember 
Uh, maybe someone on the FVP talking about that with some film. Can't remember what it was. Right. One of their films that they that they sell. Oh, probably something similar that isn't actually intended. Yeah. For <clears throat> you know, for thirty-five mil cameras. Um, but it's nice. It's re- it is lovely stuff. I think it's um, it's orthochromatic as well. Yeah. So it's um, so you don't get a lot of detail in the sky um, if it's blue. But um, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I've really I've enjoyed shooting that. Um, is that, is that kind of reasonably priced for a bulk roll? Yes. Yeah, I think it's about thirty, thirty-five quid. I think it was. Okay. For fifty okay. foot, so it's yeah, pretty cheap. What is it's it? all I, expired. I Sorry. Yeah. I think they stopped making it years ago, so it's just oh, okay. it's all pretty old, but. It, it doesn't seem that you know there isn't um that sort of uh base fog or anything it's quite you know it seems very clear seem it oh. appears to be fresh so see i'm when i when i shoot 35 millimeter i'm shooting i'm still shooting kentmere 400 and i buy that in bulk rolls from analog one land i think it's 100 foot for, for yeah 250 pound yeah it's brilliant stuff I, I i mentioned it to you the other day i was looking at buying something mm-hmm. um I'm kind of a bit skint. We've had a few few months of big expense. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, the ca- car went in for some work. I had a £550 bill on oh. the car last month. Um, and there's just been a few things like that. We'd already pushed the boat out buying um, railway sleepers and things for the garden. And I've got turf coming on Saturday yeah. and topsoil and things. So it's just you know, stuff you don't normally buy that we've just thought, right, just get it done. Yeah. Um, so... I didn't want to spend an awful lot on film. I was kind of pushing it, spending anything on film, but I'm running out. So um, I was looking for something cheap. I love Kentmere 400. Um, and I know, you know, 52, it's, it's nothing for 100 foot of excellent film. It really is. Mm. I think it's up there with HP5 easily. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, it seems to I, push and pull as well as HP5 as well. Yeah. Yeah, I accidentally overexposed a roll thinking it was foam pan oh yeah um a few days ago and it's but, yeah but just looks amazing right. yeah. yeah it was it actually saved the shots i think so they needed a bit of extra exposure um but yes i am denied about spending 50 quid this month and then i thought right no sorry i mentioned it to kim she said oh just you know just do it and don't worry about it so i went to the analog one land site and they've run, they've run out i'm sure they had it a couple of days oh, before really? when i was um looking at it initially mm-hmm. so uh yeah i ended up getting just a, a 50 foot roll of foam pan 200 from uh bristol cameras is it i think oh, um yeah 200 so we've talked about foma 200 before not on the show i don't think but a lot of people struggle i think is the right term with yeah. 200 don't they it's i i've not had much experience with it but i have heard um that it's quite a harsh mistress to tame i've i've that that was my impression of it and i think i've um been quite negative about it in the past so i've i've used 100 and 400 quite a bit yeah, and had ups and downs with those. I, I think it's my lack of experience with the how important developers are 
yes. and how dramatically different they can be. And at some point, I, I shot some 200, foam pan 200, and really didn't like the results. Uh, they, they were just horrible. The blacks were just, the shadows, there was no detail at all. They were just a mess. Um, and it was just really, just looked awful, really contrasty and, uh, yeah, terrible. But it came up in conversation. Um, uh, oh, this ties in with something else, actually, I was going to bring up. Mm. Uh, but um, yeah, I ended up going back, searching my cloud storage. Just typed in foam pan two hundred, and I was amazed. There's a load of stuff I shot about five years ago that looks fantastic, really, really beautiful shots that I that I'd forgotten that I'd bought a hundred foot of it. Wow. Um, at the time, I was using ID eleven, and it just looks amazing in that developer. Okay. But uh, ID Eleven's the Ilford one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's the powder developer. Yes. That I, yes. yes, yes. I think that's the first uh, first developer I ever actually used. I think. Right. Mm. Okay. I, yeah, so, and I, I was amazed. Yeah, looking back, I thought, "Wow, how have I come so far since then?" learned so much but obviously forgotten yeah um and i'd made um you know quite firm decisions in my head about what was good what wasn't what what works in what developer and um i've got to rethink a lot of of basically i i decided that um rodenol was great for 200 and below iso right. that was my that's the developer i used for those films right. like their one category clearly not and then well, 400 all, all no. films under 200 are created equal obviously obviously yeah <laughs> according to me as of about a week ago yeah um or up until a week ago and um yeah anything over for hc110 seemed to be just brilliant for anything um but that was yeah it's clearly not as not as straightforward as that that was like um Dunning-Kerger effect, sort of not knowing very much at the beginning and feeling very confident about it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it. I find Rodenol. It's okay for four by five, for foam and pan. Um, but I, I find it a little bit too clumpy for is thirty-five the, mil. Is that the four hundred you're shooting in four by five still? Y- yes. Um, what have I done? With 400, I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I have, yeah, for former pan, I have shot, um, yeah, a lot of the 400, um, for, particularly for 4x5, but that's kind of different because the, the clumpy grain, you just, you know, it's not really an issue yeah. when you get up to that size. But the, um, choosing the, the right developer, I think, still is because, I mean, I'm just now remembering when I shot, whereas again some of my railway stuff there was a i think I, and i think i showed the images to you there was an image that i shot of like the the last remaining building of the railway and i purposely shot i think i shot three maybe four um sheets exactly the same scene so i, I didn't move yeah. the camera, I just literally w- shot yeah shot the shot took the shot whatever um whipped the film holder out turned it over done it again repeat and so I had four images that were exactly the same, and I developed them, I think, four different ways. So I developed one in 
I'm going to take it down. One, one was box speed, so shot at 400 in Rodenol, and then developed in Rodenol, sorry. And I think one was shot at 200 and developed in Rodenol, on your advice. And yep. that definitely looked better. And then I think the third one I developed in Carfenol, I want to say. And that looks all right, pretty much the same as just the Rodenol. And the fourth one I developed in um, Fomadon XL, the Fomadon, uh, the Fomapan developer. And that looks so much better. Yeah. Like, I mean, who'd have thought Fomapan uh, yeah. in Fomapan developers look good? But... <laughs> I mean, I was I was like you, um, but even worse. I was like, Rodenol is my developer. That's what I use. I use Rodenol or I use Caffeinol, and they make everything look great. And I don't even know. I think the only reason that I bought this Fomadon was because Analog Wonderland was selling it, and it was like I don't know, like six quid or something for the powder to make up a liter of it, and you could oh, do, wow. like. Something stupid like twenty rolls of film or thirty rolls of film on twenty sheets or something like that. It seemed like really good value for money, so I was like, well, "Fuck it, I'm pulling the trigger on that," and I yeah. did, and it looked really, really good. Um, so now, like you, I think I'm kind of questioning. Although I've got nothing to look back on because I've never used other developers. I mean, shy of when I first started, I'd done a little bit of ID11. I'm now thinking. Um, I want to get hold of some AC110 because I see like a lot of people like on the on the Facebook pages like this was developed in ID11. Oh, it looks great, and I know that my, um, Mike Gumman is he's a very I mean he's a Kodak fanboy obviously, but he's very keen to push AC110. And I know I'm fairly sure a lot of the classic camera revival guys are like AC110 is seems to be renowned to be like a great go-to developer. Yeah. And I'd like to, now that I've got it into my fixed skull that Rodenol and Caffeinol aren't always the best for the job. Like, it's not it's not cheap, but buy a bottle of HD110 and try that as well, you know? Yeah, it lasts a long time. It's, it's like twice the price of Rodenol, um, yeah, but use it in, in similar... <laughs> you are? I don't, see, I don't see why it's like twice the price. Because I, I think it was like, isn't it like 35 quid or something for a, for a litre bottle or... 500 mil yeah a 500 mil bottle even better <laughs> yeah I, I know well Rodenol just I think it is just so cheap um mm-hmm. and it lasts forever this I, it to me it, it the um HC110 it it also lasts so long that yeah. that that 35 quid is just yeah I, it's still I just think of it as just being really cheap I suppose um, so, yeah. you don't you just forget about the cost and you're still using it almost nine months later and it's still going yeah. you just say, True. I think I think like again like I don't know like it's down to I mean I've always said like money is always tight in our household like and Rodenol is so cheap and I think maybe I just got it into my head that Rodenol is the best because it's the cheapest and I need to get out of that mindset you know like yeah you do actually if you want to I mean, that's fine. If you're happy with FOMA and Rodenol and whatever, then that's fine. But if you actually want to make, in your eyes, like better work, whether it's better or whatever, if you want to make work that you're more happy with, you're sometimes going to have to spend the money, you know? Yeah, and I definitely wasn't happy. I haven't been happy with... I hadn't realised, but but my images were sort of niggling at me a bit. I was yeah. getting very uneven skies and just... Just stuff I thought it just didn't look as good. I hadn't, I didn't 
quite piece it together until well this this kind of came about because bruce sent an email or asked a question uh, of us about um if whether we had any rules uh that we uh sort of imposed on ourselves photographic rules and um uh bruce who is um i never remember how to pronounce his instagram name kerno underscore film photography that's right yeah 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 and initially when i when i read the question i thought rules it's like i don't really do rules so i I just didn't think it kind of applied to me at all i Mm -hmm. couldn't quite i suppose there are people who think this is what i thought this is my initial kind of thought process was kind of realizing yeah i suppose people do make rules for themselves but i'm definitely not one of them (laughs) Mm. Um, and then within minutes um uh, Hilary Clark mm-hmm. asked me something. She sent me a message, uh, which she's never done before. But uh, she asked me something about uh, I think it was about developing foam pan. Um, and I just got into a conversation with her about the developers that I've used for it and what I found that works and doesn't work. And all of a sudden, it highlighted that I'd made these assumptions about HC110 for fast film and rolling yeah. on for slow yeah, yeah, yeah and i was just real i was just at that point of realizing how bad that would that would be terrible advice to give somebody else because um it was exactly just, what we were just talking about that we yeah, both yeah, are, are doing to ourselves <laughs> yeah and i re- they realized oh yeah these are rules that i'd made for myself and I, i'd stuck by thought that they were brilliant it was like this uh short hand kind of I don't know, overly simplified way of thinking that uh, I'd stuck with for ages thinking, yeah, I've got this covered. It's it's great. But, yeah, it absolutely wasn't great. <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, just, yeah. Because yeah, your images are suffering and as that's a result, right. you're, not, you're not happy with them. So you're that's not right. making them, yeah. What, what I saw was um, something she asked me. I, I mentioned PhonePan 200. And I thought, oh, hang on, let me just check that. And that's right, I typed it in brought up the images and it was at that point to realize wow i actually really really like what i shot with foam pan 200 and then i had to dig through the tags then to try and find what i didn't make notes back then so well mm. uh, well actually i still don't really but i found that it was <laughs> ID11 like, that I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull you up on this in a minute you still don't make notes <laughs> no well i i do occasionally write on the edge of the um uh the scanning sleeves the the negative sleeves i'll write down the date and the film and developer and if it was one location no actually no i don't do that but (laughs) i'll write what camera it was what film it was the developer and the the date oh yeah i really religiously do that not necessarily at the correct time i sometimes find myself going back and doing like the last 10 rolls of film where was this what was this in? Oh, I know what it was in because if it was one twenty, it was in Caffinor CL, and if it wasn't, it was in Rodnall because that's right. my self-imposed rule. <laughs> yeah. So I can believe it though. I was just, I thought, oh, this is all. I need to rethink this. Around the same time, I was listening to All Through a Lens podcast, which is brilliant, awesome yeah. podcast. I love what they do. I love how much research they put into oh, it great. and yeah. how much effort they put into. Uh, putting it together is just pretty mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but they would—I think it was on one of the dev parties. It might have been, but they—they they 
mentioned an old Kodak formula called D23, yes. um, which has kind of been forgotten about largely, I think. Uh, um, apparently, it was very popular with film labs uh, because it lasted a long time uh, and it was cheap and simple. It's, it's two main ingredients. Um, you could, well, yeah, it's just two chemicals and, and water, um, which are metal and sodium sulfite. Right. Uh, so you can just, two ingredients, mix them up with water, and it'll work. And you can use it like that um, for a while. I think you can get, I've always just used developer as a one-shot. So yeah, me too. I think you can dilute it and use it like that, or you can use a kind of stock solution for a while, you know, to do so, so many films, increasing the time. Sure. Just to correct myself there, I believe Foma Don I, is, I reuse that. I don't right. differentiate or anything, but like I say, you mix it up as stock, and then I say you can do how many, 20, 30 films in it, and I'm still going with it. So, yeah. Right. Sorry, around here. Yeah. And then um, reading about it a bit further, because the way they described it, it sounded just amazing. So, um, I had a bit of a Google and found a couple of articles about it, and I found that I can't remember if they mentioned this in the podcast or not, but the, the, the article that I read said that you could use it either as a, a one shot or you know, use it so many times, or you can do this replenishing method where you, you make the developer and then you make another solution, which is called a replenisher, yeah. which you just, every time you use the developer, you add 22 milliliters of the replenisher to it um, before, and just fill it back up to the same lines you you the volume doesn't increase over time you you always keep it to the liter yeah so you pour the developer into the developing tank while it's developing pour the 22 mil back in the bottle and then add the de- once you finish the, with the developer just pour it back into the bottle up to the line leaving 22 mil of yeah. the developer and, and chuck that bit so um and that way it's it just keeps going and going, and you can literally just use it indefinitely. Sure, you uh, reach a point there where it's more replenisher than it is actual developer. But the replenisher is the same ingredients with one additional oh, right, bit, okay. which probably exhausts so, over time. So you, it does so, kind of reach. So just sorry, I'm, I'm, what were the what were the ingredients again? You said like metal and water, and what was the other thing? Sodium sulfite. Right. Um, so it's... Uh, is it metal or metal? Metal, is it? I don't know. I think it's uh, metal. Right. Um, You'll be wrong, but I think it's metal. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Otherwise it's just metal. Again. <laughs> um, so what, what's in the... And that's just the same as, as what's in the replenisher. The replenisher is metal. Mm-hmm. Sodium sulfite again. But then there's another ingredient, which is called sodium metaborate. Okay. which is a tricky one because it's that's not available in the UK. Okay. I, I think it's available in the US and in most of Europe, but it's... Um, is it a dangerous one? Yes, a I, all I right. think they're all, they're all, they'll all kill you, but sure. I think, yeah. think that, that one's probably more useful to the lunatic than the others. I see. Um, I'm not sure whether it goes into... I don't know. I'm not sure whether it would be handy for bomb-making or whatever i don't know uh, yeah, but it's start checking that out either <laughs> yeah. 
um, uh, yeah, so that, that that's not available. But somewhere, and I can't remember where now, I've searched and searched since, I found um, a substitute for it. Um, and I thankfully, I screenshotted what, what I was reading. So I've got it as a photo on my phone. And I, I've tried to find where where I, you know where it is on the internet but i suppose yeah, i could probably google it google around it and find yeah. it again yeah, somewhere yeah. but um yeah the uh, the workaround that i found for the for the uk is um oh was it let's have a look now yeah if you use borax and sodium hydroxide yeah and combine those with water that's that's a substitute for this sodium metaborate so oh, okay. you end up with four ingredients in in the uh, replenisher plus water. So you mix up the this substitute first. Uh, borax is a tricky one because that's difficult to get hold of now as well. In the UK, you can still get it, but a lot of things that are advertised as borax are actually substitutes for it, which oh, right, okay. I presume wouldn't work. Um, so I, I'm not. I didn't do well in chemistry in school, so I wasn't really 100% sure what I was getting, whether I was buying the right thing or not. Yeah. Um, so if you, you say they're not available in the UK, is it legal to have them shipped to the UK, or is that a no-no as well, or did you not find out? I didn't. I wasn't going to worry about that too much, because I think it's... Or you, you're just happy it, with the, the substitutes that you got, and they no, were... I, no, the the substitute is yeah, it does involve borax, which is difficult to buy. Most shops won't stock it, but I think you you can still buy it. It is on eBay. Um, I, it, it was difficult to know whether I was buying a substitute which was just labelled as borax and wasn't actually uh, sure. you know, yeah. the substitute of that. But um, looking at, you know, I went through loads and loads of uh, um, listings of it and kind of just decided that um yeah kind of just looking at the, the chemical names and things of things I, I kind of got a little bit more confident that it was actually the real original yeah. borax that I was buying um so that and sodium hydroxide they're dirt cheap they were like two pound fifty each oh, okay. um the uh metal and uh sodium sulfate were about eight pounds each for the for the tubs they they were from wet plate supplies but oh. yeah ebay ebay did the rest okay um i showed it to i i, I mentioned it to dave walker because uh, I, I wasn't he was the only person actually i spoke to about this i said oh, does this look right because but he, he seemed to think it was it, it was the right thing that it wasn't some substitute yeah. for it so um a substitute for the substitute um and so far, so good. I I was a little bit worried with the first few rolls. I was so thinking, were the first like, rolls like were the first rolls something important or were they just uh, this no just that kind of yeah. shots? These are just canal walks, pretty much. Yeah. There's nothing important being photographed at the moment, so it didn't really matter. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I was thinking, is this developer just going to suddenly die because I'm doing something wrong? But yeah. no, it seems to be it seems mm, to be going strong, and it's. It's really nice as well. Uh, the it's it's just got a lovely look to it. Um, the grain is I don't know it's it's hard to describe really, but it's just got it kind of it's got that kind of ID eleven just lovely kind of look to it really. Mm. I didn't like using ID eleven because 
Um, well, I, I kind of had the impression that it wasn't that stable. It, you had these big bottles lying around, and I had to mix yeah. it up in the bucket and things. It all seemed to be yeah. So you end up with like five liters of it or something, I think, from memory. Yeah, six liters. Yeah. Also, at the at the time when I was using it, um, I think it was when I started using it with Roly RPX. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few changes at that time. So that's when I got my Olympus. Um, I, I kind of got into Olympus cameras. So the OM40 and the 2N um, and this 100-foot Roly. And I was using the ID11 at that time for some reason and it, i don't really know what it was it, you know it, there was so many variables but i i at the time i i got i was starting to think that the i didn't like the look the effect of the developer it seemed to be overly sharp um right. almost like there was the edge contrast was a little bit exaggerated you know like you turn the sharpness slider up on some software and it just starts to look a bit ugly yeah uh, it didn't have that sort of soft natural classic film look it, okay. it, it to me it started to look a little bit like bad digital rather yeah. than yeah yeah film so i at the time i put it down to id11 and i changed what i was doing and kind of moved on and didn't use it again but i don't know that was probably wrong it was probably something else it God, it could have it could have been something as uh, something as simple as the settings that my scanner had defaulted yeah. <laughs> to. Listening to you say this is what we think. Like, I remember when I was using ID11, uh, it was like it was the first developer that I used, and it was fine from memory. I had shots and they looked fine. And it was a conversation with one of my tutors when I was like at uni, and it was just an off the cuff comment. Um, and he was like, yeah, these are great, but, like, why use an ID11? You need to get Rodenol. And I hadn't heard of Rodenol. And it was just like, you need to get Rodenol, okay? You're the photography teacher. You've been doing this for years. I'm buying Rodenol. And it goes back to what we were saying. I mean, he, that's his law. And he yeah. put that law in my head. And that's where I stuck. Just yeah. kind of interesting thing about it. Just to go back to what you were talking about with your D23, um, from memory, I want to say that Matt Melcher from Boxer Cameras did a podcast show where he was talking about D23, and I think it was one where he was making it up. He found the recipe and he was making it up, so it was like he there was a lot of information in it about what he right. was doing and why he was using it. I'm 99% sure he did that, because it was about the same... I seem to remember him talking about how it, people were thinking it was the same as the Christina still have a product, don't they? That's got a similar name. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think maybe them. I want to say like their monobath is similarly named or something like that, but he was talking about the differences. So that might be worth checking out as well. Okay. If, right. Yeah. You, and also what also sprung to mind when you were talking about substitutions, and I don't know if you listened to it, but a while back now on the homemade camera podcast, there was a chap on there called Daniel Keating and he it was a really, really interesting show. Um, yes, I heard it. You heard it. Yeah. He was talking yeah. about how all anything that you need, you can substitute with some sort of household, something or the other. And yeah, I've I've been in touch with him and he's a genuinely nice guy 
an absolute top guy and like is always happy to just say like give you any sort of help at all so if like listeners are struggling to find stuff like by all means get in contact with him i'm sure he'd be happy to help yeah i'd forgotten yeah yeah i remember that was an amazing episode um yeah it was kind of mind-blowing hearing somebody who's just so on top of the chemical side of things just i mean he knew literally like everything didn't he yeah like he he could like tell you like off the cuff like the the exact quantities of the exact chemicals that you need to make whatever yeah. like <laughs> thing you're looking for uh, another thing actually that's just sprung to mind um i don't know if you have a copy um of the dark room is it the dark room cookbook i haven't i'm sure i've got a book on my bookshelf called the dark room cookbook by steve somebody oh that's gonna bug me i know andrew um bartram is con is not constantly he refers to it quite a lot when he's talking about things i'll have to take that out um and see whether there's any info on d23 in there as well because i'm quite interested to give it a go it sounds like you've stumbled on something quite good yeah it's a good uh, aside from you know producing it and um making the stuff and which is fun that the the main attraction for me was the fact that it's got a um a very useful sort of temperature range where it works from about 18 to 22 degrees c so just room temperature yeah normal household uh, temperature yeah so I, I don't have to worry about checking the temperature or measuring anything i, I literally mean, let's, just let's I've, be I've, honest do you actually check the temperature of your black and white chemicals chemicals um well i i do use a thermometer to get the water that i'm diluting it with roughly right i uh, i really do not i do right. do not i literally like the water at this time of year comes out of my tap at about 18 19 and all of my chemistry is stored at room temperature, and that's good enough for me. All right, okay, I do tend so, to... So, so slapdash about that. <laughs> well, that's probably, yeah, it's, it's probably fine, isn't it, I guess? It's not It's not going to be that far off this time of year. No. But I do, I've got this cheap Amazon digital thermometer, which is great, so I, I yeah. tend to check that. And then you've got to measure the Rodanol or HC110, um, yeah. which, you know, it's not a big deal, but... It, and then chuck it away afterwards because uh, I'm doing it as a one shot. I always have yeah. done. Yeah. Um, but th- just the thought that I can have this, I've emptied out some bleach bottles because they've got childproof lids and they seem to be quite sturdily made. Yeah. Um, and just being able to grab it, know it's the right temperature. If I'm doing four by five sheets, I pour the lot in because it's a litre and it covers it, the bottle yeah. 54. Um, if I'm doing... 35 mil then i pour half of it because i know that's going to cover uh easily the the 300 that i need um again for you know for 120 then i'll just pour a little bit more than half in but i don't have to think about it it's just it's there just in i mean you could pour the full liter in regardless yeah regardless yeah it wouldn't make any difference and then it's about 10 minutes i'm finding is works really well for most things um and then just add the 22 the only thing is so i want to measure the 22 milliliters of the replenisher going back in um but that's it yeah then just pour pour it back in and do you measure that with like just a syringe or something i've got a like a tall narrow graduated tube um, which goes to like 150 mil but it's it's tall enough and narrow enough to measure 22 mil 
pretty no, accurately. You've got like the the two. Is it like? Do you have? Is it split up into like one milliliter? Yeah, things? yeah. Each milliliter is about two, one or two millimeters. Yeah, so sure. you, yeah. you can okay. see it. Okay. Um, yeah. See, I, I tend to I tend to use a syringe. Like I'll pour. I have a, a little tiny um, like kitchen um, just jug that does. Um, I think in increments of five or maybe ten. So I'll just if I need like say twenty two, whatever it is, I'll do the twenty, and then I'll just pop a two in with a syringe. Right. So that's just oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I just, yeah. I just pull this in, but um, yeah, and then to uh, it, it's just there, and yeah, I'm not throwing anything away, which is you know nice, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's a good. It's thing. not you yeah. know. Um, and apparently, from what I've read, it it improves with age. The, okay. the the muck that kind of comes off the film actually helps it. When you start using it, it, it you'll struggle to get the box speed out of the films. But as it matures and it turns into more of a disgusting, soupy kind of concoction <laughs> it actually becomes it gets more effective and you you get the full box speed out of it um which is bizarre but um yeah, yeah i was really taken taken with that idea um so i'll have to buy more metal and and um the borax came in it's a huge thing of it so and that's cheap anyway um what else was it yeah, the the metal and sodium sulfite. I'll have to get some more of that at some point. But it's, I'm using so little, just 22 ml at a time of the liter of the replenisher. And actually, I'm not doing it every time. If I'm just doing a short test roll, or the other night I just thought I I shot one sheet of four by five, and I wanted to see it because uh, I was no, it was two sheets I think it was. Yeah, um, I before doing four by five with the the mod 54. <clears throat> and having to use a liter of rhodanol or whatever. Yeah, sure. It's a, you know, <clears throat> quite a lot to get rid of. This is a lot of uh, developers to use um, to develop that. So I would only ever do six at a time. But now I'm just like, well, okay. If I just fancy taking a couple of four by five shots, then it's fine. It makes no difference. I'm not. It's not a waste. No, sure. That no, makes perfect sense. So yeah, yeah, I'm still developing my four by five in that um, Patterson orbital tray tank. Right. So that only that takes I think I can drink four four at a time in that, and that takes like three hundred milliliters of developer. I think yeah, it yeah, actually takes less than that, but I don't trust it with less than three hundred mil. Yeah. So that that works quite well. Yeah. Oh well, that's really cool. I'm quite actually interested to try that. Yeah. Sounds, so, um, quite, sounds really quite cool, and like from a monetary aspect as well, that sounds quite good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I've chopped and changed a lot recently with film, uh, so I don't feel like I've got to know the developer that well yet. No. Um, but when this, sorry, go what? I was going to say when I get this bulk roll now, yeah, because I've been shooting like I've been shooting four four by five ortho and foam pan four hundred a little bit. I've got some of that left yeah. uh, in four by five and the poly pan. So I, I've I'm a bit, bit all over the place at the moment, but I, I'm looking forward to getting this. Uh, former pan 200 and just concentrating on shooting that for a while and really kind of seeing the difference that the d23 makes from what i've seen with the 400 it's just looked great so yeah. uh oh, excellent 
Yeah. Just be I, the only thing that's not selling it to me is that the way you said that it matures with age. Like I don't like I don't think I like the idea of getting different results as it ages. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I like to know that if I get a good result with the first roll, that I'm going to be able to carry that on through the next lot. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it takes to get up to that sort mm-hmm. of stable state, but I think it kind of just even, evens out. And uh, But it, just that initial, I don't know, few rolls or, I don't know, 10 rolls, whatever, I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it'll just get... Um, It'll just be it gets slightly more effective over the over. It didn't say in the article I read. It didn't, it didn't actually specify how long it takes to kind of level out. Right. Okay. But uh, cool. Yeah. So it's good. Um. Else? Right. We we um. <laughs> the thing that we were going to do right at the very at the top of this show was uh, head back what ten episodes now and announcing a winner of this camera competition which yeah. almost an hour and a half into recording i've just realized that we didn't do so do you want to do that now should we yeah actually, should we actually do that and give someone let's a new do, camera do it okay so before uh, earlier on today um i sent you a list of names of people that um entered the competition uh, they were all correct everyone that entered got it correct so i know they listened at least so that's cool um so I asked you to give each one of those people a number, and I don't know which what numbers you've assigned. I assume maybe you just done one to however many in the order that I gave you. But either way, what I'm going to do is I should have been prepared and done this earlier. Is open up Google and find myself a random number generator. Right, I'm gonna, I hadn't done this, so I'm going to number them in oh, rever- re- reverse order. No, don't tell me what you're going to do, man. Just give them a random number. All right, okay. <clears throat> Hang on, then. Let's do this properly. I mean, it shouldn't take you long, let's be honest. There was only nine people that actually entered. Okay. That Wait, silence is Alex this. actually writing on a proper notepad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the past. So you told, but you said earlier, uh, was this in recording or not, that you never write notes, and we we found out just before recording that you actually have a notepad and you're using it right now. So you're a liar. Yes, I've got <laughs> loads of them. I can never find them. Well, I've got I, loads I, of notepads, but I very rarely use them. The only one I use religiously is my um, shoot film co photo memo notebook that I use with my large format. I I buy these notepads and they they're usually sort of plans for i don't know i've been using them for working out quantities for things for the garden and stuff like that they're just full of sketches of stuff i'm i'm doing or i don't know yeah but i keep losing them and i don't know what happens to them (laughs) Uh, right okay so i've assigned random numbers okay so i don't know so you've given every one of those people a number well, I've written one to nine, and then I've randomly written one to nine against those numbers. So I'm going to take the first row, the one to nine, and assign them to the the numbers. But they will correspond to my random numbers. I think we're making you, this a lot harder than it needs to be. 
Yes, give each one of those people a number. Okay, right. make sure it's not. Make sure you, each one's got a different number. Yeah, they have. Right. So there was nine people. Was that correct? Yes. Right. Cool. So I've gone to random dot org. So minimum of one, maximum of nine. Are we ready? Someone's yeah, back with the camera. So just before we do this, it was a camera, it was a Rico, and there were two rolls of expired T Max. Jesus, it's been so long I can't remember what it was. Two rolls of expired T Max, and I'm pretty sure Krista um, threw in a couple of extra rolls of Ilford SFX film in there as yeah. well. So the prize has got better. So yeah, that's cool. I should mention as well that Krista Brandt has offered to send this to anywhere in the world. Let's get on with it. Generate. We have got number five. Five. Come on. Who's Philip Lenrick. Who? Philip Lenrick. Oh, wicked. I, sorry, I didn't mean to sound rude. You broke up just as you said the name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right, yeah. Wicked. So there you go, Philip. You have won yourself the camera and... I think at least four rolls of film, maybe even five. So, Krista, when you get around to listening to this, um, you've got a camera to send out, pal. I'm pretty sure you've got it boxed up already. I saw a picture of it earlier. Philip, if you want to email the show um, your postal address, and I'll pass it on to Krista, and we'll get that sent out to you. Well done, buddy. Awesome. All right. So now we've finally we've finally cleared up this uh, uh, competition. We really should have been more on this. <laughs> well yeah yeah probably yeah that's the first time i mean i like i like to think that people were sat on the edge of their seat but they really weren't were they <laughs> well, everyone, forgot, everyone forgot about it and the people that entered the uh competition have probably stopped listening to the show by now <laughs> oh well <laughs> well we'll see won't we because i don't know should i should i email should i email philip or should i just let him listen Oh, oh, I think oh, we'll let him listen for a little while. If he hasn't got in contact in like a week, then maybe I'll send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, pal, remember that competition that you entered months ago? Certain what? Certain what? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> 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 oh. Cool. Right. Awesome. Is there anything else that we want to talk about, or are we good? Um, I think that's it, really. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, um, contact printing. Oh, I, yeah. That's something I've been trying. Oh, is it, this is going on a bit, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I've, I've been kind of trying to get a bit better at contact printing paper negatives. Yes. Um, oh, paper negatives. So, yeah. 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 That's not something that I do much of. Paper negatives. Yeah, that's. So what, why um, is there a reason that you've been contact printing paper negs over film negs or? I've just um, what spurred it on. I made a a pinhole camera. Uh, um, yes, I was yes. given a box of eight by ten Ilford paper, um, and I've already got some paper which is kind of fairly fresh. Uh, I didn't know how this had been stored, whether it had been opened or anything. So I just thought, well, I'll just you know, I could easily have checked first, I suppose. Yeah. But it just having more of it suddenly made me think, oh, I should really make a 
an 8x10 pinhole camera. Um, so I had to rummage through the recycling box and there's uh, my dog's food comes in plastic kind of trays in, yeah. in a, a larger box uh, and it's a really sturdy bit of cardboard and it's 10 by about 6 inches so I thought if I curve it along the shorter side it'll just fit in as a curved film plane and kind of hold itself in place yeah, yeah. Uh, so I made a shutter out of um, foam core and uh, I've got I've got a this sort of cheap assorted uh, tray of nuts and bolts and springs and washers um, so that with this bit of um, foam core and a Coke can with a pin stabbed through it right. for a pinhole. So is um, this like a, just a lift it out of the way type shutter? Yes. Yeah, it kind of rotates. Um, yeah, from... I tend to make them quite long. So the bit extending over the pinhole has mm. another piece going the other way, which is about as long, so that it can't... If it goes loose gravity isn't going to move it it's got to counterbalance i see right yeah because if it was just screwed it on one edge then it might it's more likely to move on its own or not stay where it's put um so i tend to yeah make them longer and then so if you lift it up it it, gravity is not going to make it fall back down again um so yeah i did that when i shot a bit with it took one shot in the back garden of me kim and oscar um it was great but there was a lot of waste on the edges um just because the way that the the plane the the film plane was curved it it helped the exposure along the shorter side but really it could have done with being curved on the longest length um yeah yeah and it, it was just such a big box as well i thought I'm, this is a bit of a pain to kind of wander around with. So I chopped the, the top and bottom off the box and then cut some of the paper down to, uh, um, uh, what was it? Eight by 10. So it was, yeah, five by eight. Um, so then I had, it was a manageable size then to, to reload in the dark bag as well, which was good. Yeah. Um, and the, the curve now was along the longer edge of the paper um and went out and shot there's a an abbey that, that up the road here which is a ruin from yeah from yeah hundreds hundreds of years ago um but it's quite interesting there's quite a lot of the the, the walls are kind of full height on a lot of it um so the roof and everything obviously all the wood is gone because it was probably burnt down um but yeah i thought that'd make quite a good pinhole place to go yeah. um yeah, but I taking the uh, I watched a video ages and ages ago, which I remembered while I was doing this. That if you're using paper to, to make a negative, it's a good idea to develop it in a weaker developer. So use sort of half the amount of developer yeah. that you would normally use for a print. I have heard this. Um, I've not tried it, but yeah. Yeah, so I think it's it just helps rein in the contrast a bit so the um the skies don't go you know the the, the highlights aren't completely black oh, okay and it it helps with the detail in the highlights does it actually like develop slower or or does it not make any difference does it just rain in the the details 
yeah, um, it, it, they don't go fully black. I, I kind of pulled it out of the developer and um, uh, I didn't use a stopper actually, but I just put it in some fixer. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure really about the speed. It, it's you know, it, it kind of felt like the normal sort of time really, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing was just you could see it was kind of grayer the the whole lot. It wasn't. So do you still um. Um, what do they call it? Like develop to completion. So does it does it finish, or do you have to like snatch it out before it? I mean, will it still? How am I trying to say? If the blacks, if it's going to block out the blacks, will it still do that? It will just take longer, or, or I'm not? not sure if it would. I don't know. I did take it out, and I, I'm not sure if it was done. But I, I was kind of getting, you know, I didn't want it to go too far. So yeah, I, I took it out. So sure. um, I don't know what would have happened if I left it for long enough. Um, yeah, I, I've got a feeling that it wouldn't get there, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it'd either get there slower. I can't work out whether it would get there, but it would get there like slower, or whether it just would never get there. Because yeah, I mean, maybe it would never get there because if you've got, um, if you say like half dilution to like half strength, maybe that the actual developer that's in there would be exhausted before it actually developed the print to completion or developed the neg in this case to yeah. completion, maybe. Yeah, possibly have to try it. Um, so, yeah, then I so I had this kind of quite, you know, for paper, very flat um, kind of contrast negative and uh, quickly dried it. And then... Um, using a bit of perspex that I've had kicking around for years and a sponge so I sandwiched the uh, the, the negative and some another piece of paper which I'd already cut to the right size mm. between the sponge and the uh, sorry when uh, you perspex. say when you say sponge you don't mean um, a jumbo cheap car wash type the kind of sponge you'd see in oh you do mean that kind of sponge yeah a big yellow car washing sponge <laughs> Right, you're gonna have to explain this because I thought, yeah, he doesn't mean that. He means like a, you know, like a sheet of like squidgy, yeah, sponge, I suppose. So you're gonna have to explain this. Where's your where's your, that... where's your jumbo car sponge? You mean like one of those big fuck off yellow ones, yeah? Yeah. Go on. What? So you've got that? I've got the... that on a surface. Yeah. Which is um, in the utility room. I've got a bit of a big sheet of MDF, the size yeah. of the top of the washing machine, which yeah. just fits in the gap underneath the work surface. So I can pull it out. It's like a extending kind of table surface, which oh, just yeah. kind of wedges in there, which is great. Um, but yeah, just put the the sponge on it, put the um, the paper on, um, then the negative face down onto the paper or yeah. the red light, obviously, and then. The perspex on top of that, and the weight of the perspex pushes. It does compress the top of the sponge slightly. Right. Um, I could do with making a bit of a frame for this and doing it a bit better uh, to weight it down a bit more. But I figured that the the softer the sponge, the the better the contact there's going to be between the two surfaces. Because if you just try and do it on a flat surface you you can't i can never be sure if it's really pressing evenly because the, the perspex is quite thick it's not going to bend so if there's any um uneven you know, if it, any part of the the paper or what it, what's underneath it is it even slightly uneven it's going to leave a gap and you're going to have a a blurrier um okay. print i see okay. so yeah this sponge would just 
gives guarantees if, if that's pressing on it i know that it's got a an even pressure over the whole thing and what are you using as an exposure light just like the overhead light in the room or you, uh, you, have you got an enlarger or no i just used my um iphone torch because i've i've kind of made quite a sort of fuss about getting trying to get a, a constant predictable light mm-hmm. uh, for contact printing when i've tried it before um and just kind of got into a bit of a pickle with it and then i was watching a brendan barry video yeah, yeah, yeah. and where he was working with some youth kind of group or whatever like look like teenagers yeah and they were just there with he yeah, said right get your yeah. phones out and just kind of waved their phones at this giant print from a massive yeah, building. Yeah, I, think, I think i've seen i've seen the video yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah if he's doing that and getting decent yeah. results then surely that should work for me as, as well and i just thought right i'll try 30 seconds with the uh with the phone mm-hmm. and um it was the first one didn't come out very well and then i thought well there's not enough contrast in it um so i just tried the the grade five contrast filter uh, from the enlarger held that over the torch did the same thing again and bang it looked amazing so okay. a, cu- a couple of things instantly spring to mind when i do it when i do the contact printing of any sort i use my enlarger right. so that's a constant light source with the option of changing the the grades uh, yeah yeah so that i don't i don't know if you said what what is there a reason you don't use an enlarger to do it the well it was to be honest the 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 utility room is kind of a constant state of um like it's like a military kind of operation the laundry for oh i see this so this so it would be a case so, of getting larger out rather than getting your iphone out yeah, yes yeah okay second thing uh, this freaking sponge right this does not sit right with me you, you really bother me with this right so just remind me how big was this paper negative you said um five by eight inches yes okay so that's a hang on that's half a sheet of eight by ten yep let's split down the middle how big is your freaking sponge right is my first question does it about that so it sits on top of this sponge and doesn't hang over the edges at all only a a tiny bit if it if at all it's it's a jumbo sponge well (laughs) it's about five your idea of jumbo mate might be different to might be different to the listeners i don't know here but anyway the fact the fact that you lay it on top of a jumbo car washing sponge is literally blowing my mind i don't quite know i don't know whether you're a genius or you're a madman <laughs> why what are you having trouble with well for one the image of you with this fuck off great big yellow i mean these things i assume you get these well wide they're what three inches deep yeah about that just deep something like that one I, the, pers- I the perspex they've got is is big. I need to cut it down. No, 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 no. The, pers- the perspex is not my problem at all. But don't, we're staying on this sponge. All right, you're making me mad. 
I I don't believe right. Okay, I don't use what what do I use? I normally just lay it straight straight on the baseboard, like the piece of paper on the baseboard, then the neg on top, and then a piece of glass on top of that. And right. I've never, admittedly, I've never looked like hard to make sure there were no areas that were softer. But I've never noticed any areas that are softer. I can't see how. I can't see how you're going to get. I, I don't see how wavy or bumpy you think the piece of paper is that you're not going to get a decent contact between two sheets of flat paper under a piece of perspex on a solid work surface. Yeah. My problem is that the surface I'm using isn't great, and the the perspex is too big. When you say so, the surface isn't great, what what do you mean? It's it's rough. It, well, it, it's a sheet of MDF which is slightly bowed. Slightly, it's, it may not make much difference, but I, I don't think the perspex is like 100% flat. That's perfect, but the uh, um, yeah, the, the MDF that, that I'd have to put it on that doesn't look great. It's a little bit battered, um, and the this sheet of perspex is is probably three times longer than it needs to be. Right, so. That limits where you can put it, but by raising it up on the sponge, it's it, it's fine. It doesn't matter then. All of the pressure is only pushing the paper up against it. I see. So it's just it just yeah, it, it was seems, just it seems like uh, like comedic overkill. It's it's just the fact that you're using a sponge. Yeah. If I was, I mean, I'm the main problem. Out, like the sheet problem. of MDF is like a is like a bowl, like it. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you use like I don't know, like a book or something like that? Yeah, you're really winding me up. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> this one, the main drawback with the sponge, something that you haven't mentioned, is it attracts fluff. The sponge yeah. is awful yeah. for yeah, yeah, dog okay. and cat. Um, so yeah it's probably not the greatest greatest thing to have around uh any anything you want to print sure but yeah uh, but yeah but right. if, your, if your negative is still wet it sucks the water out of it i suppose yes exactly <laughs> yeah so when you originally said like you got your sponge out i was like because you can uh when i first when i very first contact printed like paper neg to paper so i haven't done it very much but when i first did it i the first article that I came across when I was learning how to do it was talking about doing it wet. So you right. had a wet negative and a wet piece of paper, and then you put the glass on top of that. Now, I don't recall the reason why. I, I should imagine that they, it's, there are no gaps then. It would yeah, 100% yeah. stick. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It sticks the two together. And I assumed when you said you got the sponge out that that was what you were doing. You were using the sponge right. to get right. wet. I was like, well, he just said he quickly dried it. What the fuck is he playing at here? Yeah. But no, you're just, you're mad. Yeah, uh, yeah you are mad. Yeah, well, maybe. I'd like you, what I'd like at the time. you to do, what I'd like you to do, I sound like one of my old tutors now, I'd like you to go away and I'd like you to contact print that negative just on the MDF surface and scan it and show me, um, show me where you think the difference is. It's a rough pen or blurry image anyway, so I'm well, that not going to see the problem. This sponge is just this no, is really bugging me. I'm all for using like I'm all for using like 
stuff around the house to make i don't have a problem that you went in the recycle bin and got a box out to make a camera like props to you but the sponge is unnecessary we'll just leave it at that okay <laughs> it, it it made more sense than anything else what i've done <laughs> no it's the most ridiculous thing i think you've ever said to me <laughs> probably I genuinely think it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said to me. Okay. Frankly, well, we've, we've said some ridiculous things over the time. Whatever. Just make that comparison, please. Okay. I will. <laughs> I need to have a bigger bigger flat area for this perspex or cut it. Oh, it just uh, sounds difficult. I mean, you've already got a jumbo sponge, mate. You're not going to find ultra jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I could get a few of them. Well, then you'd have a gap in the middle, and then you'd you'd run into the same problem, uh, assumed problem, assuming it actually yeah, is a problem. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. I had a sponge, so it was perfect. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, unless there's anything more, any more groundbreaking bombs you want to drop, which no, probably could stay there. More. <laughs> Yeah. What? More no. insights into my furious process like, next time, I think. <laughs> it's it's fur- a furious process. I bet everybody does it really. No, I will guarantee it. Like listeners, please, if you do, if you use a jumbo, a, a specifically a yellow jumbo car washing sponge to help at any point, actually. In fact, if you use one at any point in your photographic, whatever the word is, process system you know what the hell i mean in your photographic practice if you use a jumbo car sponge please write in and let us know i guarantee you alex you're the only person that does well we'll see maybe maybe up until now but not now not from now on oh you think you're a trendsetter <laughs> seriously yeah, you better not be right because after all this if you're actually correct i'm oh, i'm just gonna quit right there <laughs> Right, okay, let's wrap this up. Um, where can people find you on online if they want to get in contact or have a look at your work? Grey Blur on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Or Alex, I think Grey Blur, is it on Flickr? Ah, they're all joined anyway. Whatever. I don't know, pay, I, I don't even know if I have a Flickr account anymore. I certainly don't pay well, for it. I'll be on um, Negative Positives in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, you've been podcast on it, haven't you? Yeah, it was yeah. unexpected. Yeah, I hope you played nice the with Mike. Yeah. I did, yes, with some prompting. I did. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear the uh, the advert that I sent him the other day? Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That was great. It's a yeah, career in voiceovers. Yeah, sure. I haven't seen the numbers rising, so I'm not sure if it worked. <laughs> oh, well, oh, wicked. Well, I'll look forward to I'll look forward to hearing that. He. Yeah, um, uh, was it yeah I was listening to the last episode well I'm still listening to the last episode with Matt Marash um, about halfway through it and he mentioned that he, he spoke to you yeah so we'll keep it a secret we'll uh, listen in a couple of weeks cool right um, you can find my work on Instagram uh, Neil underscore Piper um, if you want to try and find me on Twitter it's Neil underscore Piper underscore because someone else got there first and won't give up their name, even though they don't use it. Um, the show's got an Instagram, at Certain Whitewash. Uh, it's also on Twitter, at 
what the hell is it on Twitter? I think it's just soot whitewash, isn't it? Or is it soot and whitewash? Yes. I can't remember. I think it's soot whitewash, I think. Yeah, because soot and whitewash is apparently too many too many letters. Um, if you'd like to donate to the show, you can always do that by heading over to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen F-I forward slash soot and whitewash. And if you, yeah, if you'd like to donate some some of your hard-earned cash because you love what Alex and I do, um, it's always welcome and we'll plow it back into the show, of course. Is there anything else we need to do? Oh, we need to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for the intro and outro music that we use into the, in the show. And thank you, Krista, for the camera. That's great. Yes, and thank you, Krista, for the camera, which model name I can't remember, and the at least four rolls of film that he's thrown in there. He's such a good guy, isn't he? Amazing, yeah. Yeah. It's just awesome. Very cool. generous. Very cool. generous indeed. Right. And on that note, we're going to say good night for now. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again, well, probably in about another four months. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Determined right. to make it sooner. But well, yes. We need to, I don't know, we need to make it. Maybe we should make this like a once every six week thing. <laughs> Let's just start with that. <laughs> <laughs> not, right. not too difficult then yeah we should be able to do that we should be able to do it but I'll have to yeah I'll have to actually um, research my area and start shooting first do it right. definitely cool. alright I'll speak to you soon yeah Take thanks care. Alex thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again soon Bye-bye. Yes, bye bye bye